0: Welcome back to the Building 58 podcast. My name is Heather Taves, and I am sitting across the table in our studio from my very good-looking husband, Chris Taves.
1: What's up, Heather? You look nice tonight. Oh, thank you. A little. You have a little cold, though.
0: I do, so I sound a little bit deeper than normal. But
1: you look good. <laughs> thank you. So what's up?
0: Well, it's been a while. I know. We say that often, I think, because we tend to go... Long stretches in between recordings, not out of lack of desire to do it, but just out of pure, crazy, busy, awesome lives. Yeah,
1: good stuff happening. But man, we love where God's taken Building Fifty Eight, and it's it's always we're always wanting to produce something that's coming out of being um, just attached to what Jesus is doing in our lives.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I just read this today. It's something that I wrote. Back in the beginning of the year, and as I was going through my, I keep a journal of um, words from the Lord that He gives me or prophetic words that are given to me so that I can go back through it and just remind myself of what God has spoken to me. Because sometimes, you know, you just get in that dark place and you're like, man, I don't think God's speaking. I don't feel anything. And you have to go back and remind yourself. Yeah. I do that
1: too. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Of what He's already spoken. And so I read this today, and it was, it's so interesting that you just said that. Um, because, you know, God did give us this vision for building 58 almost two years ago. Yeah. And, um, it was something that we knew was so purposeful, but we did not have a lot of clear direction on it. And we still don't have a lot of clear direction other than we're supposed to be faithful. Mm -hmm. But I read this and I love it. It's from one of my favorite devotionals. It's a really old devotional called my utmost for his highest. And it says, whenever God gives a vision to a saint... He puts him, as it were, in the shadow of his hand, and the saint's duty is to be still and listen. Mm, That's good. There is a darkness which comes from excess of light, and then it is time to listen. There is a darkness that comes from light. Genesis 16 is an illustration of listening to good advice when it is dark instead of waiting for God to send light. When God gives a vision and darkness follows, wait. God will make you in accordance with the vision. Hmm. He has given you if you will wait in his time. Yeah, Never try so and help God fulfill his word. So good. And it just made me think of Building 58 because I was thinking about this fact that we got the call. We mm-hmm. got the vision, a, a partial vision, yeah. but not necessarily a lot of um, practical ways to no no step-by-step guide yeah journey in that and and i love that like we're in the shadow of his hand waiting for him to reveal what it looks like
1: and it doesn't mean we're not active in doing that it just means i think so many times we try to fill in the step-by-step lego instructions yeah when god's like no i it's like it's like what he said to abraham go to the land that i'm going to show you right and you know it was it's a process it's a journey Abraham's taking one step at a time. We should be taking one step of at a time. The whole goal is to be focused more on the voice of the Father. Yeah. Because if he just gave us all the instructions and here's what's going to happen... Oh, I think
0: we'd freak out.
1: Well, we might freak out too, but we would we would start to ignore him. Yeah. We yeah. would focus more on the what he's given us, the law, than actually Jesus. Right. And, and he wants us to be... Um, listening and and knowing and waiting for that next voice of his. Yeah. The instruction rather than lay it all out in front
0: of us. I remember when we were first dating, when we first fell in love, and we wanted to know the timeline. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to know like how far. I mean, I think we both, we knew in our hearts that we were going to end up spending our lives together. Oh, heck yeah. But we we wanted to know like how soon is this going to happen? And we did not have a clear timeline Mm -hmm. right away. And I remember you gave me a clock and you had inscribed on it in his time. Yeah. And it was just a reminder for both of us that in his time, God was going to bring about this dream and this desire that we both had to be married, Mm -hmm. to be together. But we had to wait. We had to walk through the journey of getting to know each other, getting to know each other's families, you know, planning the wedding, all of that before it was the right time. That's
1: good. I forgot about that clock. Yeah. It's, probably, it's probably in that garbage now, huh?
0: No, I think it's somewhere in like a memory box. Okay. I'm sentimental Ecc- every now and then.
1: Ecclesiastes, though, right? In his time? That's right. Yeah.
0: Ecclesiastes. That's awesome. That's good. So we have been doing this marriage series on our Building 58 podcast yes. over the last six plus months. And it's marriage is so near and dear mm. to us. I think if we were to like pick one thing that we said... We really feel strongly that we are called to this. It would be seeing marriages not just survive but thrive. Thrive, yeah. I mean actually represent mm-hmm. what they're meant to represent, which is yeah. the the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. the church, the people of God, and and his love as the bride, but as as the father being the groom, Jesus being the bridegroom, and that love and that intimacy between the two Mm -hmm. of them. And I think that that is really our passion in our heart.
1: Well, and the power that can come when the bride and the bridegroom are walking in unison, like it's a picture of Jesus and his church, right? When you see a church that is alive and and on fire and just taking spiritual ground, that's a picture of what these marriages should be and, and, and could be the potential that's there. But yet so often we just miss each other.
0: Yeah. And and it's often in ways that can be remedied. Yes. Fairly easily. If you both set aside your own agendas.
1: Selfishness.
0: Your own selfishness and your own pride and yeah. you you truly see the other one as the helpmate that God has given you. Yeah. And the fact that and you say this all the time and I love it, uh we are better together mm-hmm. than we are separate. But you don't necessarily always feel that in your flesh. You know, I, I remember very clearly, even just five to eight years ago, having to really work through that and thinking, I don't know if I'm actually better in In our lives. Ministry is a really um, at the forefront of what we do, specifically preaching and teaching God's word and communicating God's word. And I don't, I had this really strange season where I was intimidated by the fact that you were also called to that. Hmm. And it's partially because your calling and your your uh awakening to this call of God on your life came to you later than it came to me. Yeah. So I had been living it out and walking in that gift set for a while. And then you discovered that this call was on your life in a massive, incredible way. And I was like, oh hold on. Uh don't take my calling.
1: So was it like, a? did that freak you out just because it happened so quickly? Or was it like I was stealing something yeah, that was, you had?
0: Yeah, it was like you were stealing my my thing, hmm. my identity. And I had to really go to the Lord and ask him what it was that I was dealing with and why I was resentful of the fact that you also had this this thing on you. Now to be to be really honest, like you're an Enneagram 9 and you're kind of you you can tend to be like chameleonish where like if someone orders not as much anymore. You used to do this more, but if someone orders something at the table, you would be more likely to just order the same thing that that person ordered. Hey,
1: not anymore, man. I I, I... Y'all ordered pizza the other night, and I chose a salad.
0: That's true. But in, in the past, you have to admit that you were yeah, like Yeah, in the that. past. Like I've, someone would order a certain drink, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll take that same drink. Yeah, like
1: a little bit of FOMO, what everybody else a is A little having. bit. And where uh, I'm
0: like, I will order exactly what I want, no matter yeah. who has ordered. So I kind of felt a little bit like you were just being a chameleon to me like trying to take on and absorb what I felt called to and what I was good at instead of just like figuring out your own thing. Which
1: was not the case at all. I mean, it was a clear call from God that I was awakened to. Right, and I I, I, I realize that now.
0: But at the time, I had to really deal with the insecurity of you stepping into the same lane, if you will, that I felt like I was called to.
1: But now, though, I mean, so do you feel like you've dealt with that in your... Soul, or are you still do? You still battle with that?
0: No, I do feel like I have, I've really overcome that, and I'm now. I agree with you wholeheartedly when you say we're better together. Mm-hmm. But I think when you started saying that, I was like, mm, I don't know. I think I'm pretty good on my own. <laughs>
1: Wasn't that the same thing that all of us deal with when our, you know, Jesus has called us to something? Back to this picture of Jesus and His Bride, us and you know the Church as a Church and as His Bride, mm-hmm. when He's called us to do something, even. Even teaching and preaching, let's use that example. Yeah. But our flesh tries to rise up. Yeah. And are we gonna speak the words that our father's trying to speak through us? Or are we gonna have our pride rise up and do our own thing?
0: Right. Right. And and the beauty of it is that we may be called to similar lanes, but we're also very gift different in our giftings and how we communicate and how we process yeah. things. And so it's it's a really beautiful picture mm-hmm. of to being one and marriage being a weapon
1: Mm -hmm. against
0: the darkness and i think that's man i think that's so good like we have to start seeing our marriages as a weapon yeah against the kingdom of darkness if we don't view it that way i don't think we're viewing marriage the way god intended for it to be viewed
1: no otherwise it's just uh it's what jesus calls out in revelation it's a lukewarm church it's a lukewarm marriage and that's the kind of marriage he's going to spew out of his mouth. Yeah. That's the kind of church he's going to spew out of his mouth. Yeah. He wants it hot. Yeah. He wants it on fire. Yeah, that's right. That passion to be there.
0: Yeah. So all of that to say, marriages are our heartbeat. Yes. We love our own marriage. We love other people's marriages. And we really want to see people in marriages that are on fire Mm -hmm. for each other and for the way that God has created them to be. But
1: we will stand with people side by side and battle in prayer and, and <laughs> in the, in the mess and the muck.
0: Yeah. Cause it's hard and
1: take three steps forward to get, you know, and take two steps backwards and keep fighting that fight alongside of them to, to see marriages win.
0: Yeah. To see them win. So uh, a few weeks ago we had the opportunity to go on a little trip together mm-hmm. without our kids which is awesome. And just side note, you should do that in your marriage. Even if you have babies, leave the babies at home, go take a trip together. It does more for your marriage than almost anything you can yeah, do. Yeah,
1: it'll be more impactful for your kids Yeah. than you just staying around.
0: I tell our, our kids when we leave because they're always sad, you know, and I say, hey, I will be a better mom and dad will be a better dad if we have a, a good marriage. So that's why we have to go away for a little while. That's
1: right. Practice having some more kids.
0: <laughs> yeah true okay so we had had a great week together we had had a lot of one-on-one time to just talk face-to-face and kind of catch up with some dreaming and some planning for our family and vision cast for our family and for ourselves and we hadn't had any arguments right no it was great week.
1: which is not that unusual we don't argue for you we don't argue that like once a year
0: right (laughs) once a year
1: it's about right that's true twice a year
0: <laughs> but okay now people are like okay you guys are lying." yeah shut up but I'm turning this podcast off but here's the deal we have worked yes. that. we, we have, have fought for that yes um, we have and learned, it's possible this is what's possible we have to communicate through yeah. the things that could become arguments yeah. and caught them when they're just a little spark before they turn into a, a, right. a forest fire so we were on our way home and we had a long day of flying and we landed in we were international. So we landed in back in the States and mm. we went through customs. And because we went through customs, we then had to go back through security. Right. To get to our next the joys
1: flight. of international flying.
0: And the first like security this was right outside the customs area, which was only for people who had gone through customs, had a bit of a line.
1: Yeah, tiny, a small line.
0: And you said, oh, hey, I have a hack. Let's Because you travel all the time. Yeah. And so I am like 100% down with whatever you say when we travel. Because I trust you. Like, you know what you're doing.
1: And 95% of the time, I would have been right on this hack.
0: That's true. And I, I give you that. Totally. So but we, the
1: airport was under construction. Okay. I didn't realize what was happening.
0: So we go out of the international terminal where we would have gone yep. through. And we go back into like where you check in when you first come to the airport and where we're going to go through that security line. And you, because you travel often, you have all the special passes that get you through security like that. So you don't have to take off all your shoes and belts and all of that stuff. I don't know. Was it called clear?
1: Yeah, this one was clear.
0: Okay. So you're like, hey, I'm going to go through clear. And as you're saying that and walking into the clear line, I look over at the normal person security line and it is, I'm not kidding you, like 300 people deep.
1: Yeah, it was the most ridiculous line I'd seen in a long time.
0: Like it was going to take me for. Ever.
1: That's when I started to feel the guilt and shame.
0: So I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like looking at you going, are you kidding me right now? And you're like halfway already into well, your clear line. My thought was
1: I'd get through and order you some food. And then all that, like your hot meal would be ready for you on the other side. Uh huh. Yeah. I was trying to do it for you, baby.
0: I was not thinking that at all. I was just mad. You
1: were angry. I
0: was very mad cuz here's the thing, one, the one thing I don't like when we're traveling. I'm like I'm a pretty independent person and I'm pretty like I'm pretty self-sufficient, yeah. but I do not like being abandoned. I don't know why. It's just there's a trigger in me. I don't like it when I feel like you've just gone off and done you. It happened on our honeymoon and maybe that's partly where it comes that's from. That's probably why. So anyway, I'm in this line like seething and you breeze through. You're clear.
1: Jesus is working on your heart while you're in the line. Oh, I was mad for a
0: while. Yeah. And I'm getting texts from you and like, do you want this? I'm sending you menus
1: of what, yeah, what I'm trying to order for you.
0: I don't want to eat. I'm not going to be able to eat anyway because I'm not going to be able to get through line. I was mad at you. You
1: got through in like 10 minutes. It's pretty impressive. 10 minutes? Yeah.
0: No, he is lying. Maybe 12. No, it was. I do not
1: lie very much.
0: Christopher tapes. When I got through, you were sitting, had already ordered a beverage, and were sitting sipping yeah, on and it. and I was
1: waiting for you. Okay, well, I, your food could have been there if you'd sent me a text back.
0: We could negotiate this all day long, but it was at you least you were angry. You it had, was at you least right forty minutes angry, that I yeah. was in line.
1: No, oh, no, 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 no. I twelve to fifteen tops. He's lying. You right. would not have made the flight if it was forty minutes. All right, now we're about to get into our second argument of the year, folks. <laughs> Live on air. Anyway, you were angry. You had a right to be angry. I abandoned you.
0: So we get, I get finally get through. I get the full pat down, of course. You know, going through security, and I get over to the restaurant, and we order the f- we order food. I was like, I don't even care. Just whatever. Just order me that. The food takes forever to come. We scarf it down in like five minutes. To go run in and catch our plane. And I was I was pretty mad.
1: But then what did I do on for the plane?
0: Oh yeah. So
1: I, I got I got my vengeance upon me. You wanna tell the
0: story, this part of it? Well,
1: I had gotten a first class upgrade, so I had given it to you before Thank any you. before I abandoned you. This yes, was that's yeah, true. But, you do
0: that. That's nice of you.
1: And so uh whatever I don't make a lot of mistakes in the seating charts, but for whatever reason, probably because I had done this, I got to sit in a middle seat in the back of the plane in between two huge guys. Mm-hmm. So there's three big guys sitting mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Then you deserved as, it. I and I was thinking that the whole time. I was kind of laughing at myself, mm-hmm. like, haha, that's funny, God. He, yeah. Um and so as we're landing, uh, well, we went through some turbulence. So yeah, ten, it was pretty bad. Pretty turbulence. bad turbulence. Yeah. So, and all of a sudden I'm like, what is that smell? Like the most horrific, mm-hmm. retching smell you could ever imagine. You,
0: you were in like, what, 20? 20, 20, 20 something, something, yeah. And I was up front. Yep. And I could smell
1: it. It was bad. Yeah. It was, I fly a lot. That mm-hmm. is the worst smell I've ever smelled on an airplane. Yep. A lady, the row one across from me, mm-hmm. had vomited. I hope nobody's eating while they're listening to this, had vomited all over herself yeah, and detail. the floor. I, that's as much as I'll say, but yeah. it was horrific.
0: So moral of the story is never leave your wife in the 40-minute security line again it's on true. her own.
1: And I've promised not to. You have? So we'll see how what happens.
0: <laughs> okay, so the, the funny, not funny, ha-ha funny, the ironic part of this story is that The two days later, we were at our church, and the message was on not being offended. Mm -hmm. And the title of the message was literally Get Over It.
1: Yeah. A message you'd heard previously. I had
0: heard it previously, but I heard it a second time. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really funny because at the end of it, the pastor that was preaching it asked everyone to have a moment where they thought about what are the things in your life that you need to get over. You know, do you need to make a phone call? What is it that's going on? And the only thing I could think of, the only thing that kept coming to my mind was I need to apologize to Chris and tell him I'm sorry for being so offended about the security line and that I didn't get over it soon enough. Because I I didn't hold on to it for more than that evening. But it did take me a a couple hours to simmer down.
1: Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that if you... If you do hold on to it, yeah. that will build, like in Ephesians, it says, do not give, uh, be angry and sin not. Yeah. Like in other words, in the Amplified, it says, um, if you're going to be angry, be angry at righteous things, but don't hold on to that anger. Cause when you, when you're angry like that, mm-hmm. you give the devil a foothold, you give Satan a foothold mm-hmm. or a, it's, it actually says an opportunity in one passage hmm. or in, in one translation. Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Hmm. And that word opportunity is a foothold or a, like it actually means a physical, not a physical place, but a space in yeah. your soul. Yeah. So picture your soul as like a, a geographic land. You're giving the enemy a, a place or a position to operate from within your soul, your your mind, your will, and emotions. And from that place, the enemy can operate and take more ground, and that's what can become so dangerous. As that's why bitterness and resentment, and um, being offended, can take such root, build this root system that's just evil, and and start destroying your life. As simple as with with something like you just mentioned, that if you would have still held on to that, right. that gives a foothold to the devil in our marriage. Right, that can lead to another foothold that can lead to this this castle and stronghold being built just from that one little crazy instance.
0: Right, and I think there maybe in the, when I was younger, I think maybe I would have like gotten over it and said I was sorry or, you know, apologized or forgiven you, but still kept a little bit of it hmm. to use against you as a weapon next time I was angry at you, mm-hmm. like to throw back at you. And I really, I, I mean, I I feel like that, Not that I'm perfect in it, but I feel like that's one of the things that I have learned to overcome, and that's what part of us having a strong marriage has, it's part of what has helped us have Mm -hmm. a strong marriage, is that neither of us hold on to the things to use as weapons against Mm -hmm. each other. I'm like, oh, now we're laughing about it. You know, We're like, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, you shouldn't have left me in the security line. I shouldn't have been offended. Ha, ha, ha.
1: But we see this a lot in marriages where people hold on to things that they said they've apologized for. Right from years ago, but, they keep,
0: bringing it but up. they
1: keep bringing it up. I'm sorry, but that is not forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is releasing it, hands wide open. You gotta let it go. Forgiveness is not bringing it up again. That's right. That's the sign of true forgiveness. That's right. That's what Jesus does for you. He's, it says our sins are forgiven as far as the East is yep. from the West.
0: Forgotten.
1: Which is, is forgotten. Yes. So if you're truly forgiving your spouse or whoever it is for that offense, yes. that means you will not bring it up again. Right. If you bring it up again, you still have a heart issue that you need to work on.
0: Right, especially in a moment of anger. Yes. that that reveals what's actually in your heart. Mm-hmm. When you're in a fight and yeah. you bring that thing up that you've already forgotten, you're actually the one sinning yeah. if you bring it up. That's right. You're the one living an offended life. And I love what this pastor in this message said, that there's a difference between an offense. An offense is something that is done to you, and offended, being offended is something you choose right. to live in. You choose to live in an, an offended life. Mm-hmm. Life, um, an offense is often something you can't help. That was done. like the offense that you did to me was leaving me in the security line. This is a silly example, but, right? And I chose to be offended.
1: Yes. So, but as silly as it is, we see that's a building block. Yeah. For Satan to take take root, and all of a sudden, it's you're offended at everything. And everything your spouse does offends you because of one little thing, that one little seed grows into a huge, giant root system of offense. And pretty soon your perspective is so cloudy that you are taking offense to everything that everybody does and the world is all of a sudden against you.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get to that place with your spouse.
1: Yes, because it's the person that you spend the most time with.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's the one who knows you the best. It's the one who knows... Your weaknesses, the yeah. best, and and sees your your the best side of you and the worst side of you. That's right. So I was reading. This has been a few months ago, but it, when we started talking about this, it made me think of this verse, and I was like, "Oh, that doesn't really that doesn't make a lot of sense for marriage, but actually, I think it does, and I love it so much." And it's this story in Numbers where the Israelites are they have not entered the promised land yet, but they're going to scout it out. And so these, um, these scouts go to explore the land, right? And they come back and the people, some of the scouts are saying, people are huge. We, you know, they're going to, they're going to overcome us. We're not going to be able to fight them and take this land. And then Caleb, it says, verse 30, it's in chapter 13 of Numbers Verse 30, it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And then he said this, and this is the part that I was thinking of. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Hmm. And I thought that is the attitude that we need to have for our marriages. Yeah. Let's go at once and take this land. Yeah. We can conquer it. We can conquer anything that is in front of us, any giant that is in front of us, any... Um, anything that we need to overcome as a team, mm-hmm. as um as a marriage that represents the bride of Christ and the relationship between Jesus and his bride, we can conquer yeah. it. We can take this land.
1: But it and it starts with selflessness, though. Yeah. It starts with you have to have unity to conquer the land with your with your spouse. And so it starts with you laying down that offense, you laying you you living in this mode of forgiveness and release yeah. in order to you need to work on what's what's occupying your soul yeah like what's what's the stronghold that needs to be removed what's this the foothold that Satan has in your soul and not trying to point this the uh, the speck out in your spouse's eye right work on the log in your own
0: right and you need to see the opportunity in front of you the promised land in front of yes. you instead of the giants that are in the way of occupying that promised land
1: right. Right, but it's somebody's going to occupy the space, mm-hmm. so it's not about this neutral standpoint. It's it's w- what needs to be conquered together with your spouse mm-hmm. in this picture of marriage. But then, okay, what are we doing to take to let Jesus occupy the rest of it? Yeah, like let's take steps forward, remove Satan from whatever we need to remove. But then let's let Jesus, the Holy Spirit, occupy that space that that was conquered.
0: Yeah, good stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed this podcast.
0: Hey, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at building58. BLDG58. And you can also email us at BLDG518 at gmail.com. We are always, always up for a chat, always up for hearing your story, hearing what God's doing in your life and share this podcast with someone go on your social media and when you share it on social media it helps other people find it so thank you so much for listening and we'll talk with you next time